Welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast with Mzwandele Makakula, a podcast that seeks to empower you to take charge over your personal growth, development, as well as your emotional well-being. Welcome to Take Your Lead Podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined us and that you continue to be part of a community of leaders who are intentional and purposeful about their growth. The truth of the matter is oftentimes having to juggle between your career, your family, your personal passion projects becomes hard. And there's no book in the initial stages that you have that you can just read from and run with. Oftentimes you have to be thrown into the deep end and sink or swim and figure it out as you go. However, I'm extremely thrilled and so excited in this podcast episode to have a phenomenal guest who's joining us today, who literally graciously does what I'm talking about, a mother of four. I was actually laughing uh, before we recorded as to how we are now having our first beautiful child, a beautiful baby daughter that God has blessed us with. And do note, you might, I'm recording from home today, so there might be cries and screams here and there, um, <laughs> just to prime you so that you are uh, aware of that. But I was actually laughing as to how she has four, she had four, and it's a beautiful story that she was sharing, and she's married to an amazing man, and they together serve in ministry five years now, full-time, but over and above that, she's a corporate professional in her own right, doing incredible things. She's a mentor, she's a coach, she's a speaker, and she's passionate about helping people authentically live out their God-ordained purpose on earth. She strongly believes that everyone has a purpose from God, and our gift back to God is ensuring that we do our best with it while on earth, and we'll talk more to that. She's worked with um, prominent corporations. She started her journey at BMW South Africa, as a graduate and worked her way up to customer loyalty manager, which we'll possibly maybe talk to as well within the transitions that she's made. She worked at multi-choice and she currently has her own um, purposely branded uh, organization, which seeks to help people rise to their call and serve their duty of what God has called them to do. And she's so passionate about adding value to people. And I'm truly excited and honored today to have you join us, uh, Batabile. So welcome to Take Your Lead podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, it's, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. And um, yeah, I thank God that, you know, God has used you to enable me to be here because I know that he's going to do a great thing. And congratulations to you and, and Mrs. Makakula on this new journey. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful journey. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll ask you a few questions. I think I'm glad that I've got you uh, as my handbook because if you're able to raise four uh, kids uh, and we are a few weeks into it and there's a lot that has changed. In fact, maybe let me tee it off from there rather than tra the traditional way that I'd usually tee it yeah. off as to the changes that come, um, especially, and I think we have a lot in common, which is part of what I'm excited for, the fact that there's ministry, there's personal, professional growth, there's family. And ministry on its own is a lot. 
it's literally a lot <laughs> and in the mix toys better in the mix you now have to lead your own family maybe tell maybe just to introduce yourself firstly but i'd like you to maybe speak from the background of some of the transitions that you've made as a wife as a mother sure. as a professional and having to juggle all these yet at the same time not lose your purpose and the call of god upon your life Oh, thank you for that question. It is an intricate, <laughs> and there's a lot of transitions. <laughs> um, I mean, um, I, I literally transitioned from being a, a single woman that was um, focused on a career, going up, you know, in, a, in the corporate ladder. I, I was literally gunning for the highest post in, in terms of my area of speciality. And mm. then I get married. Um, and, and any wife knows that when you are, when you get married, you literally leave your single life and you transition to being somebody that is actually a helpmeet um, to this new, to this individual that's in your life. So I had to transition from being a single woman, making my own decisions. And literally, you know, the only focus for me was my career, my studies and et cetera. So then being a wife and not just a wife, a wife to a pastor. So I don't come traditionally from ministry. Um, my husband is a PK. I'm not a PK. So I had to transition to being umam fundisi, which was difficult for me. So the first, literally, we went on honeymoon and coming back from honeymoon, we immediately went into a conference, a mm. one week conference. So that mm. was my debut to umam fundisi. And I don't know what's the protocol. No one has actually said, okay, this is what you do. I'm sort of like following my husband wherever. And that on its own was a... And not only just that, I had tra just transitioned from a beautiful church that, you know, mm -hmm. where I grew up, red carpets, where I was, you know, a youth leader, and I loved it. And we transitioned to being a pastor in one of my husband's dad's churches in Shabville, in a school. Mm. That is not, I mean, it's not red carpets. <laughs> so there was a lot of transitioning. But, you know, the Lord just wow. carried me through that journey of, of supporting my husband. I actually said to him a couple of days ago, I said to him, it's amazing how um, I always had to be aware that I need to support his vision, you know, without bringing any discomfort because, you know, there were a lot of discomforts for, for mm. me. But I, I recognized that as a leader of, of this branch, he was carrying a lot already. So I was conscious of, of constantly being. So that was that transition. Then there was the transition of having children, being in ministry, getting married, having children, and we are constantly traveling. We had our ministry in Sharpeville, but we had other branches in Davidson, in Soweto, in, um, in Kronstadt. So we were at any given time, we could get a call to say we are traveling to Kronstadt um, mm. this weekend. And I'm packing up one or two children at the time. And, I'm, and, and I was that wife. I said to my husband, do you realize all these years, I've never said to you, I'm not going to church today. <laughs> I wow. said to him, I always show up at church. <laughs> and I've heard many wives. I've heard pastor's wives who like, no, Mamruti is not here today. She, she <laughs> just did not come to church. <laughs> Can you imagine doing that? Like, I, um... I, feel, I feel like I'd be putting my husband in such a spot. So I would hmm. show up because I'm showing up for him. Wow. And as soon as we had that transition, we had to leave my father-in-law's church. And now we had to transition to being normal members for two years mm. in Grace Bible Church. Now going from being fetched at the car with your bags carried, <laughs> sorry, yes. You know, being carried. No, no, no. And now you are a normal member. You're sitting at the back. No one knows you. 
that's another transition. Sure. And now we're battling with, you know, with people seeing us in the church who knew we were in ministry mm. and like, oh, you are now normal members. Then we had to transition again when the Lord called sure. us back into ministry. And here we are now transitioning. And between that, I'm, I'm leaving out a lot. I'm leaving out a lot in terms of healing that God had to, you know, mm. that had to take place for, for myself, for my husband, especially for my husband, being a pastor's child and having to leave his dad's church. Then mm. we had to transition into having our own ministry in this very home that I'm in. We had to bring wow. church in our house. And that was, that was a difficult time because hmm. we are in an estate. How are you going to be waking up people at eight o'clock hmm. with uh, bless the Lord or my soul? <laughs> and that first year, I literally was closing windows, closing sliding doors. And, you know, when, the, when people are in the spirit and going high, I'm thinking. <laughs> and now you're taking these people in a, you know, in a vision that you are believing God has called you. And you are in, in, in the home wow. and, and you are thinking, what are people thinking? Are, are these people going to keep us here? Then eventually hmm. God transitions us into where we are right now, you know, wow. and, you know, and the growth that, that comes. And in all of that, I'm having my own transitions in my own <laughs> career. I mean, I've even spoken career <laughs> transitions here. You know, I've even spoken <laughs> me leaving corporate, leaving corporate wow. so that I can fulfill purpose, support my husband in ministry, support my children wow. in so there's been wow. a lot of transitions <laughs> as we can and i've left out a lot of other transitions because <laughs> i'm like we're going to be just this is going to be not on leadership it's going to be on transitions in in one's life but in, in all of that what it has taught me is wow. i lean heavily i lean heavily on the the leading of the holy spirit i cannot do what i'm doing in my own power hmm. in my own strength so I am very conscious of him and his presence in my life and him, you know, guiding mm. me in how I show up for my husband, in how I show up for my children, in how I show up mm. for the ministry. And I'm, led, and, and I'm very clear in my boundaries in terms of, you know, the Lord is priority in my life. And after my, the Lord is priority, wow. my husband is the next priority. And my children mm. are the number one priority. We don't get it twisted. My children are not priority before yes. my husband. My husband is priority, then the children, it's even a slight joke in the family where it's like, daddy's <laughs> number one, mommy's number one, then the children come first. And wow. then everything else then follows after that. So wow. those are the transitions. <laughs> That's like literally podcast family. Um, I think the first five minutes are just pure gold. Uh, she started it like zero to hundred. Like literally within <laughs> this five minutes, I can literally just drop the mic and close literally the episode because <laughs> you've shared so many intricacies which are so true and i just want to pull three two three threads firstly also maybe because i really identify with you i was laughing when you were talking about how you had to close windows and the sliding doors because you're in an estate and you have to make sure that you do not perturb the system and i'm yeah. laughing i'm thinking back when we started church and we had to rearrange furniture at home and then fortunately we moved to a hotel and it was like i knew the guy there and it was so beautiful inside uh, but we're close to the dining area where they would have breakfast so the funny thing was um people are deep going fully for it and i'm here like guys please just try to like limit because if we're too loud uh i know i'm gonna hear a knock on the door and guests are gonna be saying we came here to rest and not for church 
and yeah. having to transition from that is just a beautiful 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 journey Amen. of trusting Amen. god as you said and yeah. really relying yeah. on holy yeah. spirit so i'm laughing because i really identify on that Amen. but maybe let's speak to the first transition that you had to make of being a woman and now having to transition from being single into marriage and worse as you said into ministry so this is where I would say for those, because we are people of faith who know the book of Ruth, where you have to leave your own mm. comfort, what you know, mm. and then cleave to uh, Naomi. Uh, your people will be my people. Your God my will people. be my God. And, and that sacrifice, that sacrifice mm. of being able to leave yourself and who you are in order for you to embrace the new of what marriage uh, has to bring to you. And I also like you to speak within that as to how, how do you now submit, which is part of the term which is used a lot? How do you now put your vision, your mission? You mentioned your personal aspirations because you were literally climbing the corporate ladder and you have to put that aside, leave the red carpet, leave the armor bearers, leave that learning <laughs> life and go to a school in Sharpville. Sure, that is such a such an incredible question. And as you are as you are literally you know, saying the question, it, it makes me feel very teary because it's it's really been a journey. So I, I come from a family where my mom is very strong. So I didn't see the values being played out of, of um, a wife submitting <clears throat> because my mom is very strong. So she kind of like got her way <laughs> in the house. And my dad is very sweet. Like my dad mm. is like, you know, but he he's a, he's a strong man, but he's very sweet. So he would let mm. my mom have his way. And I, as I observed that, and I started understanding the role of a wife, you know, as a young person reading, listening to different talks, I started identifying myself more with being a submissive wife. So wow. as much as my mom has taught me so much and most of who I am is because of her, I thought to myself, when I walk into my marriage, I want to be a submissive wife. Mm. I, I like this way that the Bible has put it and I want to be submissive, not just, you know, theoretically, I really want to mm. see it, you know, play out. Then I get married. <laughs> then the reality kicks in. <laughs> and the reality kicks in of, because my husband and I had a very volatile three-year courtship. Um, mm. You know, that's another story. I, I won't even go into how we met and, and, where, <laughs> and where we, but we had a very volatile wow. um, three-year courtship. And I remember being very disagreeable with everything he would say. And I'd be mm. like, I don't agree. And I thought, how am I going to marry this guy? And I agree. We don't agree on anything. I mean, mm. the only thing that we had in common is the fact that we were both passionate about Jesus. But anything else, we would like disagree. And I'd, and I'd be very passionate about something. And it is amazing when I got married. So it, it, it's like this understanding came from the Holy Spirit that you will not argue with this man. So I have a philosophy in my marriage that I don't argue with my husband. When we have um, disagreements, I don't argue. I don't call names. I, you know, I just almost like retreat and I say, Holy Spirit, you fight for me. And I've, a lot of women have a struggle with that. And I saw that it brought a lot of peace in my marriage that I don't fight with my husband. Yes, he will have his words and I'll be like, Holy Spirit, you're going to fight this battle for me. Mm. And when I first went into marriage, I thought it would be easy to submit because it's what I desired. And I didn't realize that, you know, the theoretical and the practical, <laughs> sometimes it's a bit hard to get the two. And it was, it was hard listening to my husband, you know, when he says do something and I'm thinking, no, 
why would you want to do that? Because, you know, we girls, we like thinking we are clever. Né? We are much clever than you guys. <laughs> and, um, and what I noticed, um, it literally, it, it really created such a, you know, almost like we, we, would, we would fight. And even though my fighting is not verbal, but he, mm. he says, even though you don't speak verbally, I can feel what you are, you know, what you are thinking, what you want mm. to say. And we would fight. And he would oftentimes have to say, I am the head of this house. And inside mm. of me, I would say, if you were the head of this house, you would not have to say that. Clearly, you're not the head of this house. <laughs> and, and so we would mm. have those. But, but, I was, I was, but I would never backchat him. I'd never scream at him. Mm. I'd just have these internal conversations. And, and I'm one of those, like, when we start getting heated, I would just cry because I would not have the words. It would be like, ah. mm. it's like, okay. Then um, when we were about to start ministry, I'm pushing my own purpose and I'm striving to, you know, build purposefully branded. And when we then had to start our own ministry, Chosen Bible Church International, I was dragging my feet. I was dragging my feet. My husband is like, okay, we're starting this. I believe in my spirit. Yes, we have to start this. But my flesh is like, I don't want to start this. I don't want to mm. go back to ministry. And so my husband is making plans to meet up with the people that we are going to help us in ministry. And we're making plans that we need to start the following year. One day I was sleeping and the Holy Spirit said to me, if you do not support that, that man's vision, you will not be able to fully walk in your purpose. Wow. I literally woke up like somebody poured cold water over me. And wow. I said to my husband, what do you need me to help you with? What can I do? And he looked at mm. me and he's like, what happened? At that time, I didn't tell him what the Holy Spirit said. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 we need to make things happen. Wow. And ever since that drive and the passion for our ministry has never died. And wow. I've watched the Holy Spirit being true to what he whispered to me. And I've watched him breathe life into, into my purpose. I mean, I'm sitting here with lighting, with, you know, an iPad, with equipment that, I, mm. that makes me do my work. It's all been funded by my husband. Wow. He's like, when it comes to my purpose, he's like, we're not going to withhold anything. I remember the wow. other time when I needed to start a series on Instagram to do lives. And it was a very difficult time of the month. And, um, and there was money, but it was meant to pay things. Hmm. And my husband said to me, you cannot start the series with no lighting, using your phone. And he said, go and find out how much equipment you need, how much it is, oh. and let me know. Let's do it. And I phoned him and I was like, this is the equipment and et cetera. He said, buy it. And I'm like, but the things that need to be done, he said, the Lord will provide. Amen. And I've watched wow. my husband as I transitioned to being a wife that is fully submissive. Uh, I can tell you without a shadow of doubt, with all humility, I find pleasure in submitting to my husband. Oh, it is my wow. biggest. It must. It is my biggest honor. I, I honor the man of God he is. I honor the husband that he is. Mm. And I've watched God bless my life because of that. And I, wow. I realize that the reason we've been given this mandate to submit to our husbands. God wants to bless us. God doesn't mean to, to stifle us and, and make our, you know, our voices, you know, turn mm. into No, he wants to bless us. And I've seen him bless me. And, and by the way, I haven't heard him in a long time say, I am the head of this. <laughs> because, you know, I, I, I submit to him. When, when I don't agree with something, I say, okay, my hubby, and I go and I pray about it. I say, Lord, I'm not hearing this. 
I'm not sensing this. Please help mm. me get it. And then if, if my husband is right, then the Holy Spirit will convict me. And then if my husband has missed a, um, a mark, then he will speak to him. And that's why it's important for any single girl listening. Your, your future spouse, he has to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Mm. Otherwise, it will be diff- difficult to try and pray for someone who believes Amajlozini. Because mm. you don't speak to Amajlozini. Mm. <laughs> so you can't speak to Amadrozi to speak to him because what you don't have business with Amadrozi. But when you speak to the Holy Spirit, who actually is your first husband, um, so in my home, I always say to my husband, the Holy Spirit is my first husband, and my husband is the second husband. My husband does not like that statement, but I, he he accepts it because he sees it works for, for the family. My husband, my the Holy Spirit is my first husband, and that my husband is the second husband. And yes, it's because your creator, the word of God says that your, your maker is your husband so i say to him he is my husband so i consult with him when i can't handle what's happening here i say first husband this is what's happening and first husband guides me in being submissive Mm. in being you know who i need to be with regards to second husband and because of my relationship with first husband second husband is very happy second husband is very happy (laughs) first husband always has him in mind you know has you know so that has been my transition being a wife it, it is my first joy. Um, everything that pertains to our family, after God, wow. my role as a wife is, is priority in that I, I need to ensure that I am the help needs that I am called to be. So I support a lot, my husband, I support mm. the ministry. So a lot of administrative stuff, I'm sure your wife could relate. A lot of administrative <laughs> stuff sits with me. So I'm, the, I'm the head of finance. I'm yeah. the head of admin. I'm the head of... And I do it with, with such joy and love. I, I, I love it. It wasn't always the case. Wow. Let me not fool you. And uh, with regards <laughs> to his career, so he travels a lot. With regards to his, mm. career, his, his work, his business traveling, I handle that. So I'll handle his finance, his, his invoicing, whatever he needs. I mean, he was away now. <clears throat> He's coming back um, mm. the date, And he had a presentation to do. So he sends me a PowerPoint 14-page presentation with just black and white. And that just cringes, makes me cringe like, you don't present <laughs> such documents. So he sends me that and he's like, please make it beautiful, my wife. And I literally spent, you know, took an hour or two and made it beautiful. And wow. he said to me, when I made that presentation, I could see people's faces like, when did you do this? We are all here <laughs> at the camp working. When are you having such beautiful presentations done? That is my honor. Wow. That is my honor. When I do that for my husband, that is my honor. And wow. I, I happen to also, they own a practice with three other directors. So I'm part of that practice and I help them with their social media. And so I, I do a lot as well with that. Wow. And it's my, so if there's something that I could tell women, I'd be like, <laughs> quickly learn the, the, quickly learn the art of submission. There's such blessing in there. There is submission. Blessing. Wow. Submission is, is a blessing. So yeah. I could go on. I could literally hmm. write a book on submission. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm actually, I'm actually, I, I, funny enough, because I'm, I'm just catching your heart. And this is what you will do, Batabil, and I'm going to ask you to do this because um, there's just so much gold in what you are sharing. So what, what I'll ask us to do, podcast family, uh, if it does happen, it means she said yes. If it doesn't, we might end here. I'm going to ask us to do a part two. And part of what we're going to do now, 
I'll just ask maybe two or three more questions towards what you said within the transition space. And then in the other part two, we'll then speak to the coaching, the purposefully branded, yes, and we'll talk about okay. the other part within the leadership <laughs> space. But I really, because uh, <laughs> there's really That's so much bad. from what you are saying, which uh, is super helpful for be business leaders, because again, for those who might not necessarily be in ministry, this speaks a lot to relationship as to who you marry. You spoke to the importance of that. Are you aligned? And one of the things I wanted to also speak to, like you maybe to also speak to what you spoke to, is how best can you play then a supportive uh, role to your spouse? Um, oh. Practically, maybe if I were to ask you for five things or five ways that uh, one can be able to play that supportive role for their spouse? Oh, that is a beautiful question because it's actually one of my favorite things to do for my husband. Wow. Um, one of the things that I can do, so so, so before I, and how funny, there, he, there he's calling me. It always happens. When I'm, when I'm talking about him, he calls me, but I'll, I'll, wow. I'll, 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 I'll call him. So what <laughs> often happens, I'll, I'll just share the first thing is actually this. The first thing is I, I prioritize my husband in that if he come, if he's if he's calling me and I'm talking to you, yes. immediately our conversation will stop. I'll be saying, I, I apologize. Can I? But in this case, I won't do it because we are recording. So you know, he'll understand. He knows that I'm on a I'm I'm doing a podcast with you. So the first thing I always do, I prioritize him in my calls. When when you call, when I'm speaking to somebody and wow. he calls, I'll say to that somebody, please, you know, bear with me. My husband is calling. I will call you back. It doesn't matter who it is. Wow. Everybody knows that even I remember my, my first boss when I was at multi-choice, we were in a meeting and the phone rang and it was my husband. I said to him, I apologize. My husband is calling. I have to take this. And I took the call and I said, Mahabi, I'm in a meeting. I am going to call you back as soon as I'm done. Wow. And instead he said, I admire your marriage. You make me want to get married. So the first thing would be prioritizing him. Like this is another way of him knowing that you are, you know, putting him first. So that's number one. Mm. Um, number two, which is actually the real number one is praying for him. I am intentional about praying for my husband. I have, you know, specific declarations that I say pertaining to, to my husband on a daily basis. Mm. And these declarations, um, they're based on God's word. And I share them with women who I, I run a seven, a, a visionary, a seven day visionary woman challenge every, every quarter. And I declare this pertaining to my husband. I declare Psalms one verse one to three. This is my husband for he does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor does he stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law. His heart, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates mm. on his Lord day and night. My husband is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields his fruit in season. Whatever he does and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. I speak mm. that into my husband's life daily i'm like mm. he will prosper mm. and um then so if somebody's struggling with a husband that you know who wants to be with the boys and etc you don't tell him to stop being with the boys because the more you tell him to stop being with the boys the more he's going to be with the boys mm. and all you do is just declare that he is wow. blessed for he does not step he does not um walk in step with the wicked you just mm. declare that and god's mm. word will come to life and the next one that i declare every day psalms 128 verse 1 to 6 i have personalized it for my husband i say blessed is my husband who fears the lord he walks mm. in obedience to him he will eat the fruit of his labor blessings and prosperity will be his 
I, mm. as his wife, will be like a fruitful vine within our mm. house, within our house. And I share with women, I say to them, what is a fruitful vine? You know, fruitful vine, we think of wine. And what does wine do? Wine brings, um, it brings fun, it brings joy, it brings happiness. By the way, side note, I don't drink. That's a whole nother podcast why I don't drink. <laughs> so I won't even go into it. Um, and not because I believe drinking is a sin, but, you know, it's another conversation. But, you know, um, olive shoots, sorry, olive shoots um, will be a fruitful vine. So wine brings joy. It brings fun. It brings happiness. People don't bring out wine at funerals. People don't bring mm. out wine when they're, you know, sad. Yes, maybe you have those who drink because things are down. But generally, wine is associated with celebration. Mm. So mm. what does that mean, mean as a wife? My husband always wants me around because I'm wow. a source of joy. And when he wow. thinks of fun, he's like, I want to have it with my fun, my husband, my wife. When he thinks of, you know, um, celebration, which is not the case in many marriages, many husbands don't think of their wives because the wives are totally, you know, they suck the mood in the room mm. because they constantly, but why haven't you put your shoes away? But why do you always do that? But why are you talking this way? Why are you eating this way? Why are you watching that? And what does the Bible say about a woman that nags? She is like wow. a dripping sound that you just want. And the man would rather live way on the roof than mm. with a woman like that. Mm. So I'm a fruitful vine within, within my house. Wow. Our children will be like olive shoots around our table. So this is a good time for you guys to start declaring this. <laughs> olive shoots around our table. And, and we know what olives, you know, represent, you know, the vitality behind it. Yes, this will be the blessing for my husband who fears the Lord. I continuously declare how my husband fears the Lord. May the Lord bless him from Zion. May he see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of his life. May he live to see his children's children. Peace be on my husband. So the second thing is praying for my husband. I am incredible about praying for him. I cover him every single day. Incredible. I pray for him as though as though our marriage is in trouble. And our marriage mm. is not in trouble by God's grace. But I pray for him as though our marriage is in trouble because I recognize that when I pray for him, I activate his city gate um, influence. City gate influence mm. is activated when I pray for him. Why do I say city gate influence? Proverbs 31 tells us that her husband sits at the gate. Mm. And we know that sitting at the gate, you know, speaks to making specific, you know, um, declarations regarding, you know, policy, regarding the... So our Decision making. Mm. They are sitting in spaces of decision making. And our prayer guide the wow. decisions that need to be made. So I was saying to, to the ladies when we completed our recent, recent visionary um, challenge for, for visionary uh, prayer challenge for wives, I said to, to these wives, imagine if all the women who are in, all the men who are in parliament, if their wives were visionary wives mm. who pray and declare, don't you think we would see a difference in how the, our country is? So, so my role as, 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 a, as a coach, as a mentor, that's responsible for visionary wives. It's bigger than just cooking and just mm. cleaning the house. It is actually making sure that this man is ready to stand for the country. And so, for example, my husband is in a national capacity where, you know, he's, you know, um, servicing them in terms of uh, medical work. He is at a city gate in the sports mm. fraternity in medicine. He is at a space where the enemy wants to own that space. Mm. I need to pray that his influence is felt wow. so that even when he can't pray, because sometimes he'll start his day at six and sometimes the day will end at 10. 
And I know that he may not have had time, you know, to pray the way he does here at home. He'll spend an mm. hour, two hours, three hours in prayer in the word. I'm aware that where he is, he may not be able to do that. But my prayers are fueling him. Wow. You know, we had a whole night prayer not so long ago with my mother-in-law, my mother-in-love and my two sisters-in-love. And when we finished that whole night prayer, just before I was going to bed at 6 a.m. that, that morning, mm-hmm. he calls me. And I say, I'm actually about to get into bed because we just finished praying. He says to me, I can feel it. I can wow. feel the lightness. Wow. If I can say to a wife somewhere, pray wow. Wow. the weight your husband is feeling, mm. it can be relieved, relieved mm. by your prayers. Mm. And, and that is why, you know, I believe that there's a reason why God wants women at home. Mm. And don't get it wrong. Not at mm. home, not being productive. Mm. Being at home, running our businesses from home. Mm. We are able to take time and mm. be in prayer and pray for our husbands while they are at city gates and mm. making decisions that will change the country. So the biggest thing that I do for my husband, you know, outside of the tangibles, is I pray for him because I know that that will make a difference in some in his life. And I've seen it. I've seen it. The prayers that we pray last year, August, just to share testimony, on one of the days when we're fasting, it was the 4th of August, 2020. I said to the Lord, Lord, show me what I need to pray for my husband. That is the deepest thing that he cannot even share with me right now. And the Holy Spirit showed me something. He said, pray for this. Day five, when I woke up, my husband said to me, something has changed. Mm. He said, my life is different. Hmm. I said to him, when we were in fasting and prayer, this is what the Lord revealed to pray for you. He wow. said, that has been my cry from the time I was a young boy, 12 years wow. old. God took me to a 12-year-old husband of mine. And that's why we need to be connected to the Holy Spirit pertaining to our spouses. He took me to a 12-year-old and made me and showed me that thing that he carried for years up until he was a married man. Oh. And he said to me, Babakula, up until today, my husband still alludes to that day. He said, My wife, I will never forget uh, the 4th of August 2020. Wow. My life wow. changed. Can I tell you, since wow. that day, opportunities just started opening up for my husband. Hmm. Started opening up for my husband. Woman of God, you are not wasting time praying for that husband. You are not wasting time submitting to that husband. And I watched how my submission healed him. My husband, you know, you would know, being a PK is heavy. He carried a lot as a pastor's child. And over the years, God just, you know, showed some of the brokenness. And... One time he said to, to a couple we were counseling, and this woman was just complaining about her husband. And he said to this woman, you know that you can heal your husband through you submitting and you being a particular way. And he said, my wife was used by the Holy Spirit to heal me. So a lot of wives are carrying their husband's potion. That's why we are helpmates. Oh. Let me move on from this because this, this can go on forever because God has used it so powerfully in my life. Oh. The other three practical, I would say, is listen to what he wants you to do 
and ask the Holy Spirit to help you do it. And what I mean by that is my husband was used to me the first year of marriage making lunch for him. So I'd make lunch for him. And you know, my God, you're trying to like convince this guy that he made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> I would make wraps, I'd make burgers, I'd make, you know, like all those gourmet lunches. He says he would get to work. And when he opens his lunch, his colleagues would be like, wow. And that lunch, and be like my wife, you know, he prided himself. And then the children came in. And it started being, you know, and he would say, you know, I miss the days when you used to make me lunch. And I felt so bad about it. Then the Holy Spirit recently, um, last year, convicted me and say, be intentional about making him lunch. And I'd be intentional. So while Andy's making lunch for the kids, I would make him lunch. I would, you know, make him his shake for the morning, make his lunch. He would get to work and during lunchtime, he would call me and say, thank you for making my lunch. And I saw how much lunch means to him. So what is your lunch for your husband? What is your husband's lunch? Someone it's washing socks. Someone it's ironing a shirt. Someone it's they want to watch a movie with you. They want to watch soccer with you. You know, what is that? Discover what it is and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Now I find pleasure in making lunch for him. You know, and since he's been away, I actually look forward to like, okay, what I'm going to do for him when he comes back and, and et cetera. You know, so definitely that is number three. Number four is cover him in public. And what I mean by covering him in public is you don't talk his dirt in public or his weaknesses. You don't complain about him in public. You don't correct him in public. And I know it sounds like a lot of do's and don'ts, but you are covering him. You know, so for example, um, you know, if my husband says something that is incorrect and not because he's lying, but because he missed, you know, I don't go, no, 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 that, no, no, it's not that, it's not that. I, when we are together later, just the two of us, I say, remember when you said it was five, it actually wasn't five, it was six. And he's like, oh, because at that point when he's saying it and you correct him in a way that is brash, you don't, you're breaking him. So I, I, I try as much as I can. To, to not break the man that he is because men have egos. It's a reality. <laughs> it's true. Men have egos. That's true. And yeah, it's unfortunate. Even the most Holy Spirit filled, <laughs> they have egos. But we've been given the grace to be able to handle it. That's why we are called help me. So I protect him in that regard. Um, so protect, you know, what, what you're saying about him and to him in public. You know, if there's something that you're struggling with, you know, pray about it. If, you know, you feel like you need to talk to somebody, find people that you, you know, that you, um, that you respect and that respect you because you can't be talking to, you know, somebody who's close to him about his issues because when he finds out, he may not be comfortable with it. So ask the Holy Spirit to guide you who you can talk to so that they can guide you. So I often have a lot of people, women that talk to me about their husbands. And what often happens if I know their husbands, I'm very mature and by the grace of the Holy Spirit that when I meet those men, I don't treat them based on what I've heard about them. I treat them based on being godly men who I honor. So even when they deal with me, they'll, they won't even know that I know stuff about them because in my mind, I honor them still. This is a struggle the two of them are having, you know, and I'm helping the wife, you know, with regards to, you know, to that. So I, I would definitely say, you know, protect what you say about him and to him in public. 
And the last one, which, I mean, there's more that I can share with you, but the last one that I'll share is be his biggest, biggest supporter. Like, I, I say to you, I mean, it sounds like it's a bit weird. Like, make that man believe that he is the greatest thing that has ever walked to this earth. <laughs> <laughs> ah, and I've seen this do wonders in my marriage. Um, so my husband, when he finishes preaching, I don't do it at church. So when he finishes preaching at church, I'll often just, you know, rub his thigh or hold his hand as a sign of, you know, yay for the team. That was a good one for the team. When we get home, I don't just say, oh, that was a great preaching. I literally like, that was an amazing preaching. When you said this, oh my goodness. When you said this and you said this, and for him, it's, my wife is actually sitting and listening to my preaching. Mm. So I, I, when I listen to his preaching, I don't listen like a wife. I listen mm. like those members. I listen mm. and I take it in. I take in his preachings. Mm. I cry. I, wow. I get upset. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I, I like go through all those emotions. And I write notes down. At church, I write notes. I write notes. I record his. Yes, the church records his sermons. I record them on my phone. <laughs> and <laughs> so I'm like, a, I'm like a fan, but in a healthy yeah. way. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm like a fan of his. And I know this sounds like I'm sort of like crazy obsessed. But I am. <laughs> like I, I honor, I honor him, you know. And That's and amazing. anyone that 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 is in that is in our lives can tell you this. I remember a, a young girl that I that I mentor who's in our church. She's she's one of her and her husband are one of the leaders in the church. We met her when she was fifteen, and I mean she got married last year. So that's an incredible journey. Wow. And. And she said to me, so she would often, as a single girl, she would often visit our house during weekends, uh, weekends and she'd just come, you know, my bishop, can I come and sleep over? And she'd just come spend time with us. <clears throat> and she said to me, there was one day you were, uh, bishop asked you for, 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 for Coke or juice. He asked you for juice and you, you went and you put it and you served him juice. And when you gave it to him, he said, I didn't ask for juice. I asked for Coke. And and she says that she's watching this. She's like, but you asked for Coke. So she's having an internal conversation. And then she says at that moment, she looked at me to say, how is she going to act? How is she going to react to that? She said, I literally watched you go, okay, my hubby. And you went to the kitchen. You said, you'll have the juice. And then you brought Coke out and moved on. Like nothing happened. She said, no way. I would have been like, but you asked for juice. You asked for and I laughed, I laughed wow. because I don't remember that. But what I've learned to do is I've learned to forgive very quickly in my marriage. Mm. I mm. literally forgive at every minute. It was wow. not always the case. Sir. It was not always the case. The Holy Spirit had to teach me to forgive every minute. Forgive at any minute when something happens that is offending me, even though he doesn't know he's offending me. Um, and what it has done, it has helped us to have such a healthy marriage, wow. you know. Um, and so I would definitely say be his biggest supporter because when you are that person constantly telling him, you can do this, you can. Like he had an interview yesterday morning, he had an interview um, on, on Power FM at 5.35 a.m. So usually because I, I help them put together the, you know, the, the schedule and it's done through a media house. 
I'm usually the ones who one listening to these interviews. So yesterday I missed it because the alarm hit and I'm like, oh my word, I missed his interview. And then um, he called me and I said, no, I didn't catch it. I was still sleeping. And then he said, no, it's fine. They'll give me the podcast. They sent him the podcast. As soon as he sent me the podcast, I was driving the kids to school. I immediately switched it on and listened to it. When I finished listening to it, first thing I did was call him. I said, that was amazing. You did so well. I'm so proud of you. You touched on this. You hit on this. You, like I literally, you, you were brilliant, you know? And he was like, oh, that's what I wanted to hear. And I'm like, but you are so good at this anyway. You are doing so well. And wow. it's genuine. It's not, mm. you know, it's not honey stuff to make him do something. No, mm. it's genuine. And what I've realized is that men need to be encouraged because so many men are caring so much. Mm. And when, when they are discouraged by their, by their spouses, it kills their motivation. It kills the ability to think that they can be great. It kills their influence at the city gate because their wife is not believing in them. And that can open a door for someone else to be a voice of encouragement to the spouse. And I don't want anyone else to be telling my husband how great they are. <laughs> I want them when I want him when when somebody says, Oh, you're such a blessing, man of God. He must be thinking, oh, my wife tells me that every day. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so those are the five. So I would definitely man, that's, say that yeah. that that is just maybe let's bring in our plane for landing just today. Podcast family, um, this is going to be part one. Um, (laughs) Let me just recap. One, prioritize your spouse. Secondly, pray for your spouse. Thirdly, listen to what they want, would like you to do and how best they would like you to serve them. Cover them in public, number four. And number five, be their biggest supporter. Um, This podcast has really been incredible. You've shared so much (laughs) wisdom and incredible anointing and atmosphere as well as you talking, which I'm just taking in. And thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you, sir. Podcast family, uh, we'll meet again. This is going to be part one. Part two will follow. And we'll talk more to where you can connect with them, all the amazing things that she does. Again, remember to head over to our website, www.mzandilamakakula.com to download the episode notes for this podcast, which will be a great tool for application. And until we meet again next time, ensure that you continue to take your lead. Well, thank you for joining us on Take Your Lead Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes delivered directly to your device as soon as we release the new episode. And for show notes on today's episode and on previous episodes, just go to www.mzwandilemakakula.com. And if you are a fan of the show, we would love it if you'd give us a review and help us spread the word. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Take Your Lead Podcast.